SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Hi, this is Jill Sharp with your Sharper Focus Word, where we sharpen your faith walk in God's Word. I wanted to hop on and talk to you guys about the importance of not holding on to anger and offense in your personal life and how jealousy can be a very, very dangerous thing if we don't deal with it quickly in our lives as a Christian. Now, I want to look at a more common story. This is a story out of Daniel chapter 6, and I want to look at when Daniel was placed into the lion's den. But I want to tell you a part of the story that most people don't focus on, and that's the story of the administrators or the people who came up against Daniel in this particular part of the story. So what I want to do is start in Daniel 6, starting in verse 1, and I want to talk you guys through this today. It says, It pleased King Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. So let's pause here for a second. We can see that there are three administrators or three higher up positions of people who were appointed to kind of steward over this particular assignment from the king. All right, let's keep going. It says, the satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. So in terms of a um, tier, so to speak, you've got the administrators at the very top, and then you've got these satraps that are all of these people that are going to answer to these men. You guys following me? And then the king's, of course, at the very, very top of that pyramid. All right. In verse three, it says, now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional quality that the king had planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Okay. So let's kind of pause here for a second and take in that next little chunk that I just read you. Okay. And so basically these satraps, these administrators, this group of people formed an alliance with each other purely out of place of jealousy and anger towards Daniel. Now, had Daniel done anything wrong to these people? Absolutely not. Daniel had just stewarded a place of excellence in his calling and in his role that was given to him by the king, but ultimately was given to him by God, right? But because he was walking in a place of excellence, because he was, you know, stewarding things well in this call, in this particular area of his life, people came up against him. I want to tell you guys, ladies and the gents, that sometimes people will get offended at you when you are walking in your call as a child of God and you will have done absolutely nothing wrong to these people. But I think that it's something that's very important that we watch for and that we guard within ourselves. You know, jealousy is such an ugly thing if it takes root in our lives. You know, these people had anger issues against Daniel. They conspired against him to try to take him out. And it was all from a very not good place. And what I want to show you through this story today is that you reap what you sow. And so if you don't deal with this stuff very quickly, it can become toxic and take over your life in a heartbeat. And I want to tell you guys that God doesn't stand for it in the long run. You know, God says, do my prophets no harm in the Bible. And he means it. 
Amen. And so Daniel was a protected child of God. And as long as his heart was right with God, God was not going to allow this to fly in the long run. But, you know, the Bible says that, you know, weapon, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It never promises that the weapon wouldn't try to form. Amen. And so unfortunately, this weapon was trying to be formed against Daniel, but ultimately in the end, it was not going to prosper against him. All right. So what happens, and I'm not going to read you all of this for time's sake, but basically these satraps and these administrators, these people who had not dealt with the jealousy and the anger in their hearts, they went before the king and they said, King, we want you to issue an edict and a decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days except to you, O king, should be thrown into the lion's den. So basically they said, we want you to make yourself an idol king and tell everyone in this land that they've got to worship you. And if they don't choose to do that, they get to get devoured by the lions. Well, unfortunately for Daniel, the king decided to go through with this. Um, and it turned out to be not good news for Daniel temporarily. Okay. And so what happened was, um, Daniel eventually learned of this decree that these evil people did. Um, and he was like, no, I'm not going to stop praying. I'm going to keep up my normal routine. God is God. And they're not going to bully me into backing out, which is exactly what these evil satraps and administrators wanted Daniel to do. And so of course they purposefully try to catch him in the act of still praying to God. And they bring this before the king and they said, Oh, King, you issued this decree and you can't go back on it. And sure enough, especially back in the day, kings could not revoke their decrees. When they made a decree, it was law and it was firm. And so in verse 14, it says, when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed and he was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. And so the men came and they said, no, king, you actually can't do that. You made this decree. Um, and so the king gave an order and they brought Daniel and threw him down into the lion's den. And the king said a very important phrase. Isn't it interesting how even the king was for Daniel, even when he was in such adverse circumstances? That just shows you the power of the favor of God on your life as a child of God. The king said to Daniel, he said, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. And so just to make Daniel's situation even more impossible, they put a stone over the mouth of this lion's den so that it would make it really, really hard. Daniel couldn't even climb out of this situation, right? And so they left him overnight. So early the next morning, the king got up and he called out to Daniel at the first light of dawn. And he said, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And this is what Daniel says in verse 21. Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted God. This is the part that I want to focus on, and this is why it's so important to guard against this anger, this jealousy, this bitterness, all of this stuff in our lives. It says, verse 24, at the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Isn't it interesting that the very thing that they had wished upon Daniel came back upon their own heads when they approached it with the wrong motives and when they did not deal with this place of jealousy in their own hearts? You know, it reminds me of in the Bible how the, you know, God talks about how anger is just one step away from murder, basically. 
you know? And so it's something that we've got to be very careful because a lot of times we think, oh, I'd never go there. I would never do that kind of thing to someone. But if you let this stuff sit in your spirit and stew long enough, ladies and gents, you'll go to places a lot of the time that you never imagined that you would go to. And so what's so sad about this story too, for the administrators and the sage traps that went up against Daniel for practically no reason, right? Is that not only were they killed by this lion den situation, but also the, their loved ones around them had to suffer because of their sin. If you guys notice that it says that their wives and their children also died along in that lion's den with them. And so today I just want to encourage you guys For those of you guys who have been harboring jealousy against other people, maybe they've gotten blessings before you in their life. Maybe you're jealous of the call on their life. Don't compare yourself to them. God has a good plan for your life and he needs you to get this junk out of your spirit so that it doesn't cause major problems for you down the line. It always proves to be best when you do things God's way. And maybe some of you guys are like Daniel today. Maybe you've had people relentlessly coming up against you in your personal life and you have not done a single thing wrong to them. Trust in God, keep your heart right, keep a heart of forgiveness and God will come in and do the fighting for you. I want to talk to you guys about Ephesians 6 today, starting in verse 10. And I want to talk to you about the armor of God and what it looks like to put on that armor in our lives as a Christian. Now, what I want to do is I want to read you these scripture verses, and then I want to go into a lot of detail on what the different pieces of the armor represent and how we put that armor on in our personal lives. So let's start in verse 10, and it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, I want to pause here before we even dive into the meat of this. I absolutely love the emphasis of this first verse, and it's something that I think a lot of times we overlook pretty easily. It says to be strong not in ourselves. It says to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not in our own might. You know, a lot of times what happens is when we try to start doing things in our own strength, when we get into a place of striving, we will find that, you know, that's what causes anxiety in our lives. It's what causes us to continue to quote unquote, keep going around the mountain in our personal lives and not making forward progress. But if we would be strong in the Lord and his might, if we would let him cover us and be our strength, we would do so much better in the long run. And we would have so much peace in our personal lives. Okay. So In verse 11, I want to read this part to you. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So the first thing that I want to point out is this is a purposeful act that we have to make every single day in our walks as a Christian. It says, put on the armor of God. Now, I want you guys to think about it this way. Let's say that I've got a jacket and I'm cold. You know, I can't expect that jacket to just magically zap and come on my body, right? I have to put on the jacket jacket if I want it to cover me. Amen. And so we have to be purposeful to put on our armor when the enemy is trying to come after us in a place of attack. And so this scripture says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Here's the deal, ladies and gents, you know, putting on your armor looks like embracing your God time. It looks like staying close to the father. Amen. And so when you do that, you get 
get armored up. And I think a lot of Christians forget that we are in a spiritual war every single day of our lives. We have a very real adversary and the devil is our adversary. And so it says, you know, so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. You know, the devil is constantly, you know, out and about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he is looking for Christians who have dings and kinks and, you know, open spots in their armor that he can chase down and come after in various ways in their personal life. And so our job is to make sure that our armor is secure because it's pretty much guaranteed that the enemy is going to try to send arrows your way that he's going to try to send weapons that would try to form against your life. But if we're armored up the right way, those weapons don't have to prosper. Amen. And so we've got to remember that, you know, so often the circumstances that we think are so coincidental that go on in our lives with the heartache and the pain that we face, they're not coincidental. A lot of the time, those are straight up attacks from the enemy. And the more armored up you are, the less the pain is going to be when those attacks try to hit your life. Amen. Let's keep going. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this dark age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So, I want to remind you guys, your war is not against people. Maybe you've got a friend in your life that's really acting up, or maybe it's a coworker or a parent or a child, you know, that is really acting out in your personal life. What this scripture is reminding us is, yeah, you may see that person, you know, as the face of whatever situation is acting up, but it's really a spiritual battle that's going on behind the scenes. Those people, a lot of times are being influenced by spiritual forces, you know, that are causing things to go go awry. And so if you can understand this, you can quit just addressing the fruit of the problem and you can start to pray against and to come against the root of these problems that are causing things to get stirred up in these situations. Let's keep going. In verse 13, it says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So notice it doesn't just say pick up pieces of your armor. It says, no, you need to put on the whole armor of God. And now we're going to break down what those different pieces are. You ready? Verse 14, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. Okay. So that's the first piece. So we've got that belt of truth, right? That goes around your waist. Um, and what is truth? God is truth, right? The word of God is truth. And so you've got to put on truth when you go to start your day every day. Amen. Let's keep going. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, why is this piece of the armor so important? The breastplate of righteousness. I think it's because, you know, the enemy, if we aren't careful, he will try to come in with shame, with condemnation, with all of this different stuff in our lives. And if we don't have the breastplate of righteousness on, we can begin to forget who we are in Christ and the covering that Jesus gave when he died for us on the cross. Amen. Let's keep going. It says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. A lot of people refer to this as the shoes of peace, right? So when you feel yourself starting to get agitated or fearful, that's often a sign to you that something is wrong. If anxiety is setting in, you know, look for the areas where the enemy is trying to steal your peace and you'll often be able to identify where, you know, God's trying to warn you about something or maybe where you need to press into a place of prayer over a situation. 
Amen. Because peace acts as a guard to our hearts and to our minds in Christ Jesus. All right, let's keep going. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, that shield of faith is powerful because when you have faith in God, faith in who he is and his character towards your situation, man, the enemy can throw a bunch of storms and blows at you. But as long as you're holding that shield up, they're going to bounce right off because you know who's capable hands that you were in. You know your worth in Christ. Amen. All right. So that's really, really important. Okay. The next verse and verse 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all power and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Okay. So the helmet of salvation, remembering simply that you are saved and who you belong to is such a powerful concept. And I think it's interesting that that's the part of the armor of God that goes around your head. Amen. You know, when the devil tries to get you all up in your head, sometimes, you know, it can be so hard to just, you know, easy to overlook the simple things. But you've got to remember that you were saved and that you were covered. Amen. And then it mentions that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Something I like to mention whenever I talk about the sword of the spirit is it is the only offensive weapon in the entire structure of the armor of God. Have you noticed that? All the rest of these things are very defensive. They are protective in nature, but the sword is how you take ground. The sword is how you push back on the enemy camp, and that is through the word of God. Ladies and gents, this is why it's so important for us to be in our Bibles on a regular basis so that you can not just stand against the enemy, but so that you can take ground and push back on the enemy camp in your personal life. So I want to encourage you guys today, armor up in the armor of God and check those different areas to see if you are struggling with an area of weakness in your life. Maybe you haven't been feeling righteous. Maybe you need to put on the breastplate of righteousness and go look up scripture verses on your righteousness in Christ. You know, maybe you have been feeling a lack of peace in some different areas of your life. And maybe you need God to come in and to show you, you know, if you've been believing any lies of the enemy over your personal life, whatever it is, be sure to armor up today because God loves you and he cares about you more than you could ever know. Sometimes it isn't that you're running from other people in your life. Sometimes you're actually running from having to face yourself. You know, I want to talk to you guys about David and Saul and their very interesting relationship that they had with one another in the Bible. David was absolutely hated by Saul. And what's interesting is David was actually very good to Saul in a lot of different circumstances and in a lot of different ways in Saul's life. But Saul, the reason that he disliked David is he was very threatened by what David carried on his life. And the problem was Saul was not facing himself in this some areas of his life where he really, really needed to face himself. He had some unresolved junk on his life. He had some areas of disobedience. He felt very threatened by David. And so Saul made it his agenda, his mission to take out David, not because David was a bad person, not because David had done anything directly wrong to Saul, but because David was a threat to Saul because David was the epitome of everything that Saul was not facing in his own life. Who am I talking to today? Sometimes the reason that we don't like other people is because they 
expose parts of ourselves that we would rather not have exposed. Amen. Sometimes the reason that we have a hard time hanging out around specific individuals is because they highlight areas of our own lives where we need growth in our own walk with God. Can we have some truth talk today? And so Saul is in this position with David and he is looking at David's life. He sees the potential. He sees that he has this mantle, this anointing, this calling from God to be king. And he's looking at his own life and he's looking at these different areas that he is refusing to get obedient in. And it irks him to see the obedient version of what he could have been in his personal life. You know, Saul was having a problem where he was running from facing not other people, but he was running from facing himself and the stuff that God was trying to touch in Saul's own life. I want to read you some scripture today. We're going to be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 19, starting in verse 1. And it says, Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan had taken a great liking to David and warned him, My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I'll speak to him about you and will tell you what I find out. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you, and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all Israel, and you saw it and were glad. Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan and took this oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and told him the whole conversation. He brought him to Saul and David was with Saul as before. I want to hop down a little bit. This is in verse 9. But an evil spirit from the Lord came on Saul as he was sitting in his house with the spear in his hand. While David was playing the lyre, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with his spear, but David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. That night, David made his good escape. I'm not going to read all of this to you guys. If you keep reading, you'll see that Saul actually continually tried to go after David's life um, for a season in a lot of different ways. And David eventually had to flee um, because his life was so at risk by this guy who was dealing with so many unresolved issues in his own life. It was Saul's junk that was causing him to act out in this way towards David. You know, he was very threatened by David, you know, because David represented so much that he didn't have in his own life. And just think about it. Saul could have faced himself and solved all of these problems. He didn't have to feel threatened. Saul was the direct king. If he would have just been obedient to God, if he would have just gotten right in his own life with the Lord, if he would have viewed David as, you know, someone that could triumph and help him, you know, instead of viewing him as a threat, I wonder if it would have been different. Amen. But Saul was running from himself. He was running from facing the jealousy that he had in his heart. He was running from facing the place of insecurity and things that he knew needed to be dealt with in his life that he refused to touch. He was running from facing the fact, you know, that David's motives were a little bit better than his had been in the past. He was running from all of these different aspects of himself. And how many of you guys know sometimes it's easier to digest and believe a lie about yourself than it is to have to face the truth. When David 
David entered the scene, it caused Saul to have to feel like he had to face the truth. And that really bugged Saul because Saul had been believing this big lie that he had painted about himself. And, you know, there were parts of Saul that were good, you know, like there was a season where Saul was doing pretty well. And, you know, there were certain parts of his identity that eventually he chose not to dealt with and that's ultimately what led to his demise. And so what I want to encourage you guys to do today is to think about those areas of your life where God is trying to identify and do work on you internally in this season. Amen. What are those areas where God is shining that spotlight on your life and he's going, hey, you have been running from facing this traumatic thing that you face that you've gone through in your past. You've been running from facing this character flaw that I've been trying to work on. You've been running from facing this pain that you have experienced that has this open wound that's just kind of sitting in your life. You know, so often we blame Saul and we go, how dare he be disobedient to God? And yet we're doing the same thing a lot of the time. We're sitting there with these open wounds. We're sitting there with this unresolved junk on our life. We're dealing with insecurity, jealousy, anger at other people people when really the problem is not others. You know, sometimes God will introduce people into your life to act like a mirror and reflect back your image to yourself so that you can grow in your own walk with the Lord. And sometimes that mirror is not always a pain-free experience, right? Sometimes when people are mirroring back to you the qualities and the characteristics that you thought were different than what you actually are, that can be an eye-opening and a gut-wrenching experience in a lot of ways. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this before in your life, but when you realize that there are areas that need growth and that need work, you know, it can be a very humbling and a very hard experience to go through. I know I've been through that in my life before. But there's two different ways that you can come out of those experiences. The first group of people are those that are the souls of this world. When they are faced with the opportunity to face themselves, they will never do the work. They will always run from themselves. And as a result, they will be, quote unquote, dethroned from the positions and from the places that God intends to take them in their personal lives. They will never reach their full capacity because unless we let God touch those vulnerable places, unless we let him do that inner work, Work on the inside of us. We can never truly reach the heights that he wants to take us to. And then there are those that when that spotlight is shown on these different areas of their life where they need work, where they need God to touch them, where maybe they've been humbled a little bit. Maybe God points out an area of pride, of arrogance. You know, maybe God points out an area where they have been kind of lacking and we've all been lacking in different areas of our lives, right? But this second group of people, when God points out those areas that need healing, they will embrace it. They will run to God. They will say, God, I agree with it. It's painful for me. I don't like this. This is a hard realization for me to come to, but God, I want to be a David in my life. I don't want to be a Saul who was a has-been. I don't want to be someone who just started well, but then didn't end my race well. And so I want to encourage you today, when God highlights something in your life that he wants to work on, it's never to hurt you. It's always, always, always to help you and to grow you and to prepare you to receive greater blessing in your personal life. It's always to draw you closer to him. And you know what? Sometimes when God shines that spotlight on things, it hurts initially, right? I don't think any of us like, you know, having vulnerable areas of our lives pointed out to us. It doesn't always feel good, but you know, it's kind of like when you get a wound, sometimes it's got to, you know, be wounded in order to heal. 
right? And so all of that to say, ladies and gents, I want to encourage you guys, press into God. And if he's pointing out different areas of your life that have been painful in a past season that need work, don't be discouraged. Instead, press into God. Quit running from having to face yourself. And when you do that, God can bring the deliverance into your circumstances that you've been praying for. Amen. I'm Jill Sharp, and this has been your Sharper Focus. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.